Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is your very special Leguizama Rama spoiler warning. If you have not seen the Papa John's commercial for New York style pizza 2022 and you have just been dying to find out what happens. Um, you can listen to this podcast because we will tell you what happens in that ad. But if you don't want it spoiled, I'd suggest that you not listen and just go and watch that 30-second commercial. It's on YouTube. We found it real easy. Uh, yeah, have a good day. Peace. I hate the word. I don't, I don't Hello and welcome to Mish and Zach's Leguizamo Rama, a podcast where each week Mish and Zach watch Leguizamo movie, TV, or game. We haven't played a game yet, but we will. Mm. Um, my name is Zachary Ruane. I'm one of the hosts of this program. You might know me from. Uh, ooh. Favorite pizza chain. Chain. Oh, great. Um, you might know me from my favorite pizza chain. <laughs> Zach just broke his mic. Has got to be. <laughs> Go on. Pizza Hut, all you can eat. Ballarat. Ballarat. But yeah, Pizza Hut. I love a Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's nice. That, of, of the dirty fast food American pizzas. Mm. Pizza Hut's very high on my list. Although I will say Papa John's is pretty close too. Mm. I've not ever had Papa John's. Introduce me. Uh, I'm joined, as always, yeah. by my co-host and dearest friend, Mish Wittrup, who you might know from. Uh, who you might know from, whose favourite pizza chain is probably Domino's, but not for why you might think it is. It's not for taste. Because uh, to me, all chain pizza often tastes quite similar. Yeah. It's because Domino's was at the forefront of the vegan yeah. pizza. Thi- like way before it was cool to do it, they had a, a they released like three vegan pizzas. And it was like, oh, my God. And they did not taste good. I mean, they were. They were good. They were yummy. They were fine. They were as good as a meat dom- Hunch. Domino's pizza. Hunch scent. Like as good as a meat Domino's pizza. Um but it's the fact that they fucking did it, mate. I will challenge one thing about what you just said. Mm. You said it was before it was cool. Mm. I would argue it was the first. It was the first while it was cool, and we couldn't see it at the time. Mm. But they—it's not like they were going out on a limb. No, they weren't going out on a limb. There it was, was a, like like they were like maybe a week before vegan magnums. Yes. That was a really great three months. Yeah, you had a great time. Oh, my God. They were releasing magnums, drumsticks, different types of cheese. You were getting dominoes. We were getting it everywhere. Yeah. It was a good time. And now you've got bloody gay times. 
Yeah, re- really. Yeah, for those of you who aren't in Australia and you're like, beg your very pardon. Excuse me. Excuse- that was a bit blue. Um, Gay Times uh, is an ice cream. Uh, and very- a great ice cream. A great ice cream uh, that is like a caramel flavored ice cream dipped in a yummy with little crunchy bits. Very popular in Australia. Like a little crunchy biscuit crumb, almost like a crumbed. Caramel. Imagine an ice cream palm. Yeah, an ice cream palm. But instead of eggplant or chicken, it's ice cream. Gay times were my, as a kid, were like my favourite. Uh-huh. And like when they released a plant-based gay time, I was like, oh, this best be good. And Zach, when I tell you it'd be good, it'd be good. Yeah, that's great. It's actually good. Do you know what's wild? I think there was a part of me that was always like, God, if I was a business person, I would, I would invent... Um, uh, I would invent, I would make a business, not invent, I would make a business that does, this is like five years ago, that does vegan junk food. Mm. Not like, and then what happened is the businesses that I would have been mimicking, if I was a business person, if I had done it, I would have been fucked mm. because then the businesses did it. Yeah. Like to make the vegan magnum. Mm. is only successful up until Magnum makes the vegan Magnum. Yeah, and then you're done. Then you've lost your window. Yeah. Um, and that was that's my little story. No, that's fair. But although, do you know what I'll say? There isn't great vegan tuck shop junk food. What do you mean? Like a meat pie. Yes, there or, is. Or dimmies. Mm. Or, you know... Well, because tatty cakes or scallops, if you're in fucking Sydney. Sydney. Yucky. Yucky Sydney. Uh, they're vegan. Mm. But no, you can, get a good, you can get a good vegan pie these days. It is very popular. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I know what you're saying, but I've had great vegan pies. But have you had a great, like, Mrs. Max? Vegan pie. Have you had a four and twenty plant based? Oh well, there you go. Yeah, it's not that bad, mate. Well, there you go. That that's what I was talking about. I reckon I have now tried everything. In, or, ever. Or, or yep. War. Yeah, I've tried <laughs> war. I've been a battle. I've seen the sun rise over the moors. I've, I actually have seen the sun rise over the Scottish moors. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I've, I think I've tried all the vegan possibilities. What I would love to see in my lifetime is a good vegan smoked salmon. I don't think it's possible. Only because before I went vegan, I used to love a bit of smoked salmon. Bougie little fucking bitch. Do you know that the things, the little, the things that I will say that I would be, until meat reconstruction in a lab really, mm. really perfects it. Yeah. The things that, that um, vegan, I wouldn't even try to do are like when it's just a piece of the vegan thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think the best vegan alternatives are when they've kind of gone I think we've talked about this a billion times, but the best vegan alternatives are like when they go, like um, Smith and well Smith and Daughters or Smith and Deli, anything iconic. But the Smith and Daughters, which is a restaurant in Melbourne, uh, the best vegan restaurant I've ever been to, mm. one of the best restaurants in Melbourne, mm. full stop. Um, but their like uh, schnitzel, yeah, is incredible because I feel like. Part of what she's done is she's recreated the meat well, but the other part of what she's done is she's gone, 
well, let's really emphasize a yummy crumb. Mm. Let's not make the meat the main feature. Yeah. So I think where where I would be hard pressed or surprised if there is good stuff, mm. it's the smoked salmon. It's the steak. Mm. Well, that's the thing though. It's like the roast meat. Like <coughs> some people do just like the taste of meat. Mm. But if something is crumbed right, it's often the crumb that is the star. Yeah. And that's the mistake I think a lot of the, like you were saying, a lot of these vegan places make. It's like, well, if we're going to make a vegan schnitty, let's fucking make a good fake chicken. No, no, no. no. You, can do, put, you can put tempeh, tofu, some Thin sort of fucking little... vegetable protein, whatever. It's the crumb, man. That's be- what's making the bloody difference. There's a pub, a vegan pub that um, is known for their palmers. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, nah. And I think I, I know who you're talking about. I'm not right? going to dox them because they have helped me out on many on a bad uh, day. On a many a bad day, their nachos, delicious. Yeah, and it's hard to find a good vegan nachos. Anyway, there's a vegan pub, and I was so excited to try this Parma, and it was so thick, yeah. like the the chicken, the fake chicken was so thick. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't had a chicken breast in forever, and I tried it, and I was like, oh, this tastes like fake chicken and nothing else. Yeah. And the taste of fake chicken is almost as satisfying as the taste of chicken when you don't put anything on it. Yeah. If you ma- if you grill a piece of chicken and you don't add salt, pepper, or lemon, or like yeah, a spice, enough, or whatever, yeah. it's just a nothing, nothing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just the, yeah. No, I I fully agree with you. It's I I think I know who you where you're talking about, and it's just like you can't just do fake chicken, mm. fake cheese, mm. fake ham, because then it all tastes fake. It's even like um. Some like some like Impossible Burgers. There's different brands of fake meat, mm. and there are some that are really really good. Mm. But the best ones, or when when a re- when I've been to a restaurant that uses it, the best ones, the ones that handle fake meat the best, they still just use it like mm. in the mix. Like it's not like it's a meaty burger. That's right. So when it falls apart is when they go. It tastes like meat. Thus, we're going to, like, make that the main ingredient. It's like, well, A, you don't do that with meat that often. Like you said, mm-hmm. meat is often not the main flavour of the dish. And B, like, let's not push too hard the mm. uh, the artificial blood taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have recreated the iron, the iron sting of blood. Mm. <laughs> Speaking about artificial blood, do you remember True Blood? Uh, yes, but I never watched it. I feel like you could have gotten into that. Hugely. I, I was like, a big Anna Park. Yeah, I was fan. about to yeah. say, I was just you, right before you. I'm like, I feel like you would have been an Anna Parkwin fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved Anna Parkwin in uh, X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would have fucking loved her in True Blood. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, I, it's funny, isn't it? When I when, could rewatch that show in a heartbeat. Is John Legs in that? Nah. Fuck. But who is? Is there's a few really good ones? Anna Parkwin is in that. Anna Parkwin is is one of the um, one of those Scandi men in it. Yeah, yeah. the really handsome Scandi man. The really it, he plays it? Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, if you watch The Last of Us, um, Tommy's wife is Tara from True Blood. That got me very excited when I um saw that. Alexander Skarsgård is in it. Yes, the the, the, the yeah. most handsome of the Routina stars Wesley cards. is the one who plays Tara, who is also uh, Tommy's wife in The Last of Us. Ah, fun fact. Because that's that's a whole show about they have fake blood, don't they? Yeah, like vampires so are like a thing. They're learning to live um, with vampires uh, with this uh. with this thing called true blood, which is artificial. But then there are 
people who are like, we still hate those vampires and there are vampires who are like, we are not going to succumb to such things as fake blood. But there are, they're trying to live in harmony with each other. I love that. Yeah. It got the first two seasons. Oh, this is this is the most 2008 drama <laughs> thing. You're, what you're about to say is every show from 2008. Yeah, true. The first two seasons of that show. <laughs> uh, insert show title here. Yeah, the first two seasons, seasons of. of beep. Uh, great. Really good. Binge-worthy, wonderful. Then it got a bit of shit. It's when I, I saw I read this article once about um, how season twos of mm-hmm. dramas tend to often are the wonkiest, and I thought it was really interesting. Right, the reason they said it, I thought this was a great little thesis, mm-hmm. if you will, Mishwitra, mm-hmm. um, was that the reason why season two is often the wonky one, and sometimes shows fall off completely after season two, is season one mm-hmm. is the execution of the themes of the story. It's like here's oftentimes, here's the story we want to tell, Mm. right? Here it is. And then season one is amazing. And then season two is the writer's room then going, okay, we've told the story, we've addressed those themes. Now can these this set of characters open up and 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 can we tell other stories and explore different mm. themes with this set of characters? And that's usually why the make or break happens in season two because they're like season one is the show they make and then season two is the like, mm. can we? And then it's like either season three is then better than season two and the show becomes a 10-season amazing thing or season three is worse than is, yeah. it, it falls off. It's but funny it a though, great little theory. No, I like that. There's, it's funny because there are quite a few shows though where season two is my favourite season. Yeah, yeah, because that's them going, yes. <laughs> you like, know, that's like Buffy, for example. Yeah. Buffy season two is my second favourite season. Yeah. And I think it's... A- and arguably one of the best seasons of that series, like... Overall, everyone would say so. It's also when they brought in Seth Green. Star Trek. Oh, well, that's what it is. Star Trek. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to talk about photons. I'm not going to talk about baryon fields. I'm not I talk just, about- no, I've never wanted anything more in my life than for you to have decided to get really into any other show. Well, I'm back into um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's it, baby. I've never even <laughs> seen that show. You gotta. Yeah, I know, but I'd rather that than you, fucking, you've been talking about Star Wars now for about a year. Uh, you want to check what you just said, mate? You've been talking about Star Trek for almost Actually, a year. Star Trek, Star Wars, very different shows. Yes, I know that, mate. One's a movie series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, no, but what I was going to say was Star Trek Next Generation, season three and four. Will be Goldberg in those ones? She's, she comes in from season two because season two, wonky, right? Um, but they're finding their ground. That's like, good. It's like season one, bad, mm. bad. Mm. Not bad. There's a couple of good episodes. There's good ideas, but like really. How many seasons are there of this show? Seven. Oh, God. What are you up to? Five. Oh, my God. We're nearly done. I wish. Then I'm going on to Deep Space Nine. No, I'm you just, won't. You'll be over it by then. No, I'm hopping straight over to Deep Space Nine. No, no. I will. I am. Okay. They they went to Deep Space Nine a couple of episodes mm. ago. 
They, they were like every time you talk about Captain's, Star Trek, Captain's I wish I was. Log. I wish just... I was thrown hurled into deep space nine. <laughs> Captain's log. Well, and you would find yourself in a complex adventure where we realise that the Federation might not be as um, as much of the utopian ideal as we thought. Okay. <laughs> No, but I was just going to say season two. I won't talk about the sci-fi. Whoopi Goldberg comes in in season two, but a really great key character leaves. Oh, okay. And that throws it really out of balance, right? So it's like they add in Whoopi Goldberg. They start to find the tone of the show. But this sort of wonderful ensemble that they'd established in season one gets undone. And then in season three... She comes back mm. because the fans wrote letters. So sometimes the fans are right. The fans wrote letters. She comes back and then it's just like she was the last piece. Mm. It's like they took away one piece, mm. fixed everything else and then put her back in. And then it's literally like, I know this is hard to believe, but mind-blowing mm. how much how, how significantly better it is from episode one of season three. Like... I was, Could I, I start on episode one, season three? I don't think you'll like it either way. Then why do you keep talking to me about this? That's all this? I'm watching and this is a pop culture podcast. But all you do is talk to me. You just said then, I don't think you'd like this. And yet 32% of our friendship is me listening to you talk about it. I'm I'm editing on what I, you should, I should, I mean, I, I could tell you about what I'm watching on YouTube. Every right once now. in a while I get home from work. No, I don't want to hear what you're watching on YouTube right now. I'm watching a German science educator talking about particle physics. That's my favorite thing on YouTube right now. Fucking hell. Yeah. I'm what I get home from work sometimes and my partner will launch into about a 15 minute chat about cars. Right? So he's got the F1 Formula 1 next weekend. Oh. And he's been taught and he'll talk at me about this and all I can think is you really need to find someone else to someone talk to. else to talk to yeah. about this. Yeah. And I would never say that to him because yeah. I love him and he's not going to listen to this. He stopped listening to these about 8 months into our well, relationship. We'll get back to him somehow, so be careful. Yeah, true. No, he knows. He knows how I feel about cars. It's like you really do because I am not helpful to you right yeah. now and I like you less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I feel about you and Star Trek. This is really this is like it's a problem in my relationship as well because it's like Usually at this point when I'm obsessed mm. with something and he gets on board, mm. it's not happening. What's See, for me, the Venn diagram of interest for me and my partner where it crosses over is this very – because we've got very different pop culture interests. Yeah. Very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's this very strange little crossover point which is RuPaul's Drag Race. That's good. We both really love RuPaul's Drag Race. And a six-episode miniseries crime drama. Great. So you're going to love when the power comes out. Yeah, something like that. So that's where the crossover is because then mine launches off into this like uh, either like comedy, like yeah. like big-time comedy boys, and he likes adult animation and I'm not a big fan of that. So he loves your Bob's Burgers. He loves your oh, ones yeah, that yeah. I but Don't give Bob's Burgers a go. Yeah, he always says that to me. He loves BoJack Horseman. I've never watched it. Oh man, no, genuinely, and I know this. I know this is like, but BoJack. John's in an episode, which we'll watch. But yeah. but BoJack is special. Yeah, that's what people are Bojack saying. BoJack is like, and and I think, and I'm. This is not me being like, oh, Star Trek. Like 
for you. Mm. I know you, I know your taste, and I know you love really silly comedy, mm. but you also love really heartfelt yeah. stuff. Like, just based on the shows you've written, yeah. I think you'll love BoJack. BoJack is, there are, this is what I'll say about BoJack. There are sillier shows that make sillier jokes. There are shows that are more serious and more moving and, mm. and have a deeper exploration of the human experience. Mm. But, and, and I'm talking like, I'm not talk, just talking comedies. When I say there are shows, I'm talking like Breaking Bad. I'm mm-hmm. talking like shows that, Mad Men, yeah. shows that really go there, right? There, are, there is no show that covers both grounds. Yeah, that's like, what I've heard. Bojack is as beautiful. It sits alongside Sopranos, Mad Men. Mm. Um, and even more complex, the way it like interrogates the the sort of complex male antihero mm. is, I think, one of the one of the most profound explorations of that archetype I've mm. ever seen. And also, they have just silly animal puns. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's what I thought. I saw a clip once, and this was a while ago. It was years ago, and it was Bojack the horse. Yeah. Um, explaining to somebody what death is and what it's like to experience someone who's died. It was like a 20-second clip. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, because I've added adult animation, it doesn't really, it's yeah, never really yeah. slapped for me. But that 20-second clip made me go, I would love this show. Yeah. But I just, I know that once I'm in it, I've got to stick in it and I just, I haven't been able you to got to And, it, and to it's it. sort of silly for the first half of season one, mm. like, I loved it because I love sil- I love silly kind mm. of humor, and there's like just puns about the fact that like someone will be an animal, and mm. um, but when it hits its dramatic strides, there's like one line in it. I'm. Do you mind if I give away a no. line in it? There's a line in it that's like when you wrote. Is it rose colored glasses or rose tinted glasses? Mm-hmm. When you wear rose tinted glasses, red flags just look like flags. Or something like that. Mm. It's just like, but it's so in context, this idea of like, just the way they play with words. They just have these Who like. Who created that show? Some dude. Just some dude. <laughs> the, uh, there, there was an illustrator and animator that created the, the uh, characters and then a different showrunner. Mm. Um, Isn't it interesting just you saying that? Because that's a great line. I love that line. The lines that you remember from different movies that just like. Have stayed with you. I love an oof, oofed line or yeah, a, hmm. yeah. Oh no, those ones that just kind of like it feels like instead of just being punched in the gut, it's like someone's just flicked your gut. Yeah, you just go whoa, like, and it just stays with you. I'm so sure. I am so sure. I've talked about this. Yeah, right. I'm so sure. I've said this before. But in the original, not the original Little Women, the original Little Women was from like fucking ages ago. Winona, our original. Our, our, our 90s uh, uh, Little Women, the Winona Ryder. Isn't one. it crazy that there is a generation of people alive today mm-hmm. that the Greta Gerwig one will be their original Little yeah. Women? Yeah. And then not there's the people old like one. my mother, whose original Little Women is the one with um, Joan Allison in it. Crazy. Crazy. Um, our 90s Little Women. Iconic cast, by the way. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Anyway. It's the Little Women way. The, I watched the Little Women way little is women like way. power cast. I was probably about seven or eight when mm. I saw that the first time, maybe. Yeah. And there's a line in it where Joe, played by Winona Ryder, 
is talking to Laurie, who is Christian Bale. And, Christian um, Bale in it. Yeah, he plays Laurie. I've never seen any of the Little Women's. I started watching. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, but I don't know what it was about this line. But I think about it all the time, and I don't. I must have just really needed to hear it when I was seven or eight. Beautiful. Obviously, uh, anyway. Uh, And there's a. He's talking. He's going. He's going away to study. Right, and they're packing up all his books and stuff. See Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Right. And who's she in the new one? Uh, She's uh, um, Saoirse Ronan. Right. Um, and she's just like, oh, you're going to go off and you're going to forget. And she's kind of being jovial and like laughing. She's going to forget about me and you're going to learn all these things that I don't know and then I'm going to hate you. And he looks at her and there's just this moment where he just looks at her and she's like packing up his books and she's kind of smiling to herself, even though it's very clear that she does genuinely feel this way. And he just goes, nothing's going to change, Joe. And it was just like, I don't know what it was about yeah. me being, and I know that everyone who's listening now is just like, why aren't you talking about... Johnny legs or your titties or something. I'm sorry. I'm getting a bit earnest for a moment. I don't care. I don't give a fuck either. People like it. Who cares? This is for us. Actually doing the 24 hour Twitch stream I did. I had such lovely chats with people anyway. It's a new um, mish, baby. Yeah, new mish. Um, (laughs) There was something about that line when I was eight and it has stayed the way he says it and the way it is done. Like when I'm in like a bit of a, like a sad point, when I've cracked the sads, not when I'm like deeply depressed or whatever, yeah. but when I've cracked the sads over something, I have like whatever, that that line always comes to me. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know why. And I'm sure when it was written, that wasn't the, this is the line. Yeah. This yeah. is, but it, but it did, it's, it flicked my gut. And every time I think about it, it still does. What's the line? Nothing's going to change, Joe. Oh, that's beautiful though. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's I love and like and the fact that he's in love with her, but he doesn't really know it, although he probably does. And and she, uh, you know, has this like deep intellectual connection with him. But also beyond that, it's just this this idea of like all this bullshit happening. It's like the important stuff isn't really going to change. It's when something like love when something is distilled. I think mm. there's something really beautiful about when you've got all these themes and ideas, and then you have a moment where it's distilled into a moment. It's really cool. It's yeah. really lovely. I, that's why I love film. I was talking mm. about this the other day versus poetry. Mm. I, I like poetry, but I think there's something about film that, and theatre is this as well, but film just has more layers mm. where it's like film is all the things. It's it's photography. It's like painting. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's literature. It's words. It's... Music, it's all the art forms mm. coming together and then when it all hits mm-hmm. and it also you're the audience, when you're like watching and, and you're in the right mood to mm. receive that line, there's so many things that have to be mm. right mm. and when it's right, God, it's lovely. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then that's also like if you talk about theatre, it's one of the reasons why I love theatre so much and I made the mistake once as I, I went and saw a show that I fucking love. It was actually at uni. It was a uni show. Yeah, great. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God. Like the script was perfect and it was just this wonderful, but oh, my God, it was just a big gut punch, right? And I was like, that was the most incredible theatrical experience of my life. I'm going to go back again and I'm going to see it next mm. week. And I went back to see it again because I wanted to know what it, I just wanted to be punched you again. You wanted to feel that again. And you don't. No. 
And that's what's a, that's what I love about theatre so much. And it's different to film because I could re-watch Nothing's Gonna Change Joe and still feel the same way because that's the nature of that film and that's how I got it. But with theatre, it's like you experience it live one time and you remember the moment that you saw and you felt and it's just beautiful. It's true. It's the, it, That's true. It's very much like... Um everyone's in the room together with yeah. theatre. When it's good. When it's bad, it's like not that. No, no. When it's bad, it's real bad. Um, but I think that – but I do think it's not – that's not to be sneezed at with film. It's why I don't really like saying whether a film is good or bad anymore, why mm. I'm kind of off that at the moment because it's like I, I think that the idea of trying to be objective with – I think there are people that do it well. It's just not for me because it's like trying to be objective with something when – how I was when mm. I watched it, where I was at, how I was engaging with mm. it is 50% of how, how of what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, um, it's like how uh, the, the th- cinema directors are now really big on, on the theatrical experience. And it's really funny as someone who went to drama school and stuff, it's like I've heard this mm. conversation about theatre so much. Um, but what I love is there's there's a, I've heard directors talk about oh it's the collective experience it's watching a movie with a whole bunch of people mm. which is so wonderful uh, it's why I do the screenings it's why we do the screenings mm. I remember when we watched Violent Night together yeah. when we did that screening of it was Violent such Night. a little uh, collaborative experience it, it was like so- it was so like. We were all in it. We were yeah. all in it together. And I was like, I loved the movie and I think I would have loved the movie anyway, but I just had this moment where I was watching it with everyone <coughs> and I was like, this wouldn't have been the same on a Thursday afternoon with four other people in the cinema, you know? It just wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. So that's really special, absolutely. But I've heard a few people talking about the idea that, like, when a cinema is... You know, they always refer to a big crowd, but most people when they go to the movies, there's only two or three other people in Mm. there. And you have to be able to defend the theatrical experience in that setting as well. Mm. And it's like I think there's – this is very wanky. We've gone down No, no, it's fine. I I think that that's the vibe. (laughs) Whatever. And we've done it on the fucking episode about (laughs) Papa Papa John's. (laughs) An in-depth discussion (laughs) about the magic of the theatrical experience. And then Papa John's. That's so funny. There's going to be someone out there who uh, recommends this podcast to one of their friends. Like, oh, it's goofy and it's fun <laughs> and they laugh a lot and it's a pisser. And they're like, which episode should I start on? Whatever. And they look like, oh, I'm going to start on the goofy one, the fucking Papa, Papa John's. John's. That's wacky. And then you hear us like, actually, there's something really magical about <laughs> the live experience of theatre. Enjoying that with a group of 30 to 50 people can be one of the most transcending experiences of my life. It, it is. Is, you know, we are searching for the same thing that the Pope was searching for when he commissioned Michelangelo to paint his frescas in the... In the Fucking co- hell! Um, That's so funny! That's why I really like this podcast. And it is also why, genuinely, 
Like, and I love our listeners. I think they're really great. And I know we joke about there only being six, but there are like 13 or 14 of you. <laughs> and like, I really love it. But I also, it truly is for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And no. I mean that with nothing but love for the listener. But this is what we, we feel like doing this episode. <laughs> there, there, there might come a time. Oh. There might come a time where you and I put a bit of a sheen on it mm. and, 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 and do that. But what's in between the beginning of the end? This is always what we're going to do. Mm. Love it. Um, what I was going to this is so funny now. I was feeling very comfortable talking seriously, but now with the context that we're going to at some point get onto the Papa John's commercial. <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> and then we'll get right onto the New York style pizza. Maybe we can have a conversation about whether you fold your slice or not. <laughs> oh, I've got minutes of material about that. What I was going to say, I've talked about the dark room, the no distractions on here before, I think. Mm. But I think there's something to the formality, the formality of just I'm going to take two hours out of my life. I'm going to stop emails. I'm going to stop everything. And I'm going to give myself to this piece of entertainment or art and that's what there's something to that so there's the there's the watching it with a group of people there's a dark room no distractions but there's also just the choice to go somewhere else and experience the film Mm. that and it shares that with theater Mm. that i think even if you're watching it with a cinema set up in your like even if you have a home cinema it's not the same no it's not the same it's not it's also that a lot of people not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people um, that I know or that I talk to and I say, oh, I've done theatre or I love theatre, I've studied theatre. And they're like, oh, that's not like I don't really, I don't know a lot of theatre. I am not. I don't love musicals or whatever. It's like, okay. I do think just like film though, that there is theatre for everybody. I think you've just got to find the right bit because that kind of feeling that you're describing when you're sitting in, for you, they're talking about film, but for me it's for theatre. I get the same thing when you're like, you know. Oh, but I get it with theatre as well. Of course you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be a big fucking wanker. Big wanky boy. Um, I feel like anyone could have that experience and enjoy that experience depending on what the piece is. Well, but do you know what I think the issue is, is when you start defining things. Mm. I, I, maybe I've not said it on this podcast, but I had someone say to me once about Auntie Donna, they, you know, someone I knew from the theatre world, mm. they came and saw Auntie Donna live and, um, you know, our fans get really into it and it's very loud and and he was like oh well that was so much fun i loved how into it your your audience was have i told you this before no it's like i loved how into it your audience was and he was like oh man i wish i wish that we could find a way or i would love to find a way to make theater that engages audiences like that Mm. and i remember just being like well if you are not defining what I just did as theatre, then mm. you never will. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> you know not true. I mean? like, like I just did a live show mm. um, in a theatre to people mm. and, 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 and that's how they engaged. But if you put this like thing, but that's not theatre, but mm. I want to make theatre that does, in, it's like you're always going to. And also, but the flip is, you know, uh, I don't know, like it's fine for something to not be for a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. That's the other thing. Like theatre doesn't have to be for everyone. Um, so long as it's not exclusive in terms of, 
you know. Well, it's also like film doesn't have to be for everybody, but my point is is that I do think that people write off theatre very quickly as being either Hairspray or Little Shop of Horrors or wanky people without their clothes on rolling around in paint. No, and and I think that part of the problem is when they go, we should make theatre for more people, Mm. they go, and the way to do that is to do like, a little naturalistic play like from the 30s. Yes. And it's like, oh, oh I don't know, maybe like really enteric. Anyway, mm. it's, it's funny. There's a lot of bad theatre. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of bad movies. Yeah. No bad podcasts, hey, you know what, though. Zach? Podcasts are all good. All the podcasts are good. Oh, you know, I'll just make one last point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when we make art... Mm. When we make art as humans um, in our secular world today, we are searching for the same transcendent experience that the that the religious people of the medieval times were searching for. The only difference is um, our belief in what we're trying to access, whether it be a god mm. or human, human something inherently wonderful and beautiful within us as a people. Over to you, Mish. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. I'm going to talk about the uh, 2022 Papa John's commercial for New York-style pizza now. <laughs> I just want everyone listening to know that what I just did was... was, was I know it's clear, yeah, but it, I don't think it landed hard enough. <laughs> That what I was doing, that last bit, yeah. was extra wanky yeah. in order to make the contrast funny. Mm. I don't want you going, well, he lost me with that last bit. It was a deliberate, it was a hoax. But a lot of what I did before that, none of it was deliberate. I am that much of a wanker. <laughs> Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> okay, let's talk about... Uh, the commercial. It's Let's get time. to the brass tacks. That's right. Okay. In a commercial on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? That's so funny. This is, a, this is probably genuinely of all the stuff we've done over 130 episodes. This might be the funniest fucking episode we've ever done. What the fuck? Yeah, this is cooked, man. <laughs> this is proper cooked. Okay. In a commercial on YouTube titled Papa John's Commercial 2022 USA, (laughs) we are encouraged to purchase and enjoy Papa John's New York-style pizza. It's thin and stretchy. The commercial includes a voiceover by none other than John Leguizamo, which should come as no surprise to you as this is a podcast dedicated to all the stuff he's done. In this ad, John lists all of the different ways this pizza can be eaten. And by all of these different ways, I mean one way. He tells us how to fold the pizza, which is good advice because the thinness and stretchiness of this particular pizza does seem to compromise the stability of the slice. And without the fold, it would most certainly droop and maybe even spill all over the consumer's lap or chest if you are big busted like me. 
John Leguizamo plays the role of enjoyer of Papa John's pizza. He is convincing, enthusiastic, and believable. Fantastic. Yeah. I also think that, um, I think that first off the bat, as someone who's, I've never really done voiceover, but I have done ad work. Mm. Uh, I think that they, they went with one of the fun takes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Towards the second half of the ad where he's like, oh, whatever you want it. Like he talked and he makes a little joke about. Yeah, there's a bit of ad lib in this. I, and I think either they've allowed the ad lib in mm. or they've, or they've gone with the take that feels like ad lib. And yeah. I applaud the creative, the creatives on this campaign mm. for letting a little bit of John's, um, Fire and humour mm. and play through. Yeah. And look, I don't know if I'm just riding that wank train from the start of this episode. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't think, I didn't, I thought that train <laughs> had stopped at its last no. station. Oh, you best not believe this is a regional train. Wow. Um, I think that this is actually a very good example of how good John Leguizamo is at voice work. And yeah. let me explain to you why. Please. Because it doesn't require much. I don't think that there would have been a lot of character study into this. If he did, let's say, six commercials for Papa John's, mm-hmm. right, and that included some radio stuff, like some little tidbits for yeah. radio, um, all of that shit, YouTube commercials too, that kind of thing. We're talking about three hours of his life was probably dedicated Yeah, to although this. I will say ad people know how to drag it out. All right, a day. Let's say yeah, he took I, a day. I'm going to say a day. Um, <clears throat> But maybe his people were like, he can do it, but he can only do three hours, Mm. you know. But he did the role of excitable New Yorker who is enjoying Papa John's really, really well because I think it could have and it was just that, like, it was tickling it. It could have gone into full-blown caricature of New Yorker I'm walking here. Yeah. But he didn't let it get that far. And I honestly was just like, he's fucking good at this. Like know, he is. And I would never have stopped to think about that had not been for this podcast. I think they, I reckon, here's my theory. I think they were like, it's not a typical you're walking here vibe. Mm. We're going to get a real well-known New York actor mm-hmm. to play it real. Yep. But then, then I think there were like fif- there were like 10 people behind the the screen, you know, behind the glass. And they were going... Can you do it a little more enthusiastically? Mm. Can you do it a little more New York? Can you do it a little more? And that's what it would have been like. They would have been like, oh, when you mention the stretch, oh, can you try it this way? Can you do it this way? Right? He would have had all these voices. And for him to to maintain a skerrick of authenticity, mm. Mish, you're absolutely right. Delicious. Also, um, I've never had, I don't believe, a proper New York-style pizza. I've never been to New York. Yeah. So I've never had a proper New York-style pizza. And if you ask me, it looks fucking delicious. Here's what I'm going to do. I really, I only wrote one note. Um, that's one more than you usually do. So, Well, yeah, I find notes, they, they, they hold me back. Mm. They make me talk to the theme too much. They make, they make the podcast too accessible. Like we could maybe ever make money from it. If I, if I took notes, we would make money from this podcast. Please take some notes. <laughs> what the fuck? Why uh, would you just fucking fuck? tell me <laughs> Are you okay. fucking kidding me? As if, as if Leguizamarama was ever going to make Do you know how many money? people want us to make merch? Since we mentioned yeah. it a few episodes back, we've been flooded by four DMs. Wow. Being like, we want this, we want that, we want the other. I want to make 
a crew neck jumper that says Sexy Luigi on it. Oh, that's good, actually. And I want the crew neck jumper to be a nice green tone, like Luigi, and just a nice little white stitching Sexy Luigi. I love that. Would you wear it? Uh, I wouldn't, but I would sell it. (laughs) I profit off that idea. Um, That's really funny. I think that's really funny, Sexy Luigi. Mm. And we could have one that said Baby Legs. If we wanted in the color of his, um, in, in the color of his Miami Vice blazer, and then we could have a Dad Guizamo sweater vest. Oh, they're fun too. Dad Guizamo sweater vest is good. It's good, but there's Daddy something about sexy Luigi that is bigger than us. Yeah, yeah. It's People than go, us. Luigi is sexy. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I've got one note, right? Yeah. It's funny you've never had New York pizza. Never. You've been to New York, haven't you? No, I have not. Ah, I thought you'd been to New York. Never been to New York. I've spent a lot of time on the West Coast yeah, of the yeah. USA, but never been to New York. Um, well, I have had New York pizza. Um, have you had it in Australia, New York style pizza? I don't think so, to be honest yeah. with you. Really, really, really. Like proper New York style pizza. Really good New York style pizza. There's one that's like famous. And you know how sometimes the famous places aren't good and then sometimes they really, really are good? Mm. This is one of the ones that's really, really good. I can't remember the name of it, but it was in Spider-Man. And it's the size. And it really made me understand what they're going for with the New York pizza in a way I'd never really understood. Because I'd had New York pizza in Melbourne, Mm. you know. And a really, truly great New York pizza, from my experience, is kind of the flavour and the char of a Napoli-style pizza. Yep. But stretched out to the size of a New York pizza. It's like a, like it's, it's, um, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. the, 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 the base has to have like a crunch to it. Actually, not too much cheese. And then a really yummy one thing. Mm. It's a very simple kind. It's it's kind of got more in common with a with a like a Italian style pizza than than a lot of others, right? Okay, because that's my my favorite is like a wood fire Italian pizza. A good New York style pizza is not not as far from that as you'd think. <coughs> Excuse me. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> yes, but I like my crust to be thicker, bubbly. I yeah. like the a bubbly. Or there are two ways I like my pizza, Please. right? I'm moving the vegan thing from it because, to be perfectly honest with you, I recognise the cheese really does add something oh, to yeah, a pizza, a right? I get that. Yeah. I love a wood fire with very little on it, like as in like doesn't need a lot. Sauce, basil, cheese, right? With a really bubbly crust, wood fire, Sicilian boy. Or oh. I like a family-sized margarita with olives and pineapple. 100%. From Pinkies. 100%. I, I believe... That there's a gap in the Australian market. I, I love talking about all my food business ideas, mm. but I believe there's a gap in the Australian market for elevating the Australian style pizza, which is that crunch, like yeah, cotto ham, super fucking oily, lots yeah. of ingredients. I think that it's my dream to open a place one day that that does like that. Like you get a chef to reconsider that yeah. kind of pizza. Um, so I hear what you're saying. What I would say is a good New York pizza is very surprisingly like the first one. It's very simple. Very, it's less bubbly because mm. it's thinner, but it's thin and you fold it. And the reason you fold it is it's just really nice, right? Mm. What I felt was a great um, tension in this commercial. This was the visuals. We're not talking mm. about the audio here. 
was a great tension between the desire to make a New York style pizza, but the um, but but still holding on to what makes Papa John's special, which is too much cheese, just a disgusting amount of cheese, and literally like an oily base. Mm. Well, then when they did this one part, where, which was really intimidating, where they were like, and such a great, would you look at this crust? And they did the most insane close-up of this thin crust. And I went, I can see it. I can see the crust and I would eat it. But that to me looks quite oily. They, they, I, there I, is no structure in this pizza. I was uh, impressed by, because nothing's an accident in those visuals, right? I love this time. Nothing's an accident in those visuals. And I was impressed with the choice Mm. to make the pizza look as oily as it did. Because I will say there's a part of my brain that was like, oh, that pizza's too oily. But then there was another part of my brain. The part of my brain that would order Papa John's pizza Mm. that was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you've got to respect, respect to Papa John's because they're not trying to do this. A healthy option. Absolutely not. No. This is for when you are fucked up at 2 a.m. I, I, you are fucked. You are slanty. You've forgotten where you put your keys. You've lost all your friends, but you've made like three new ones. Yeah. And you stumble into a Papa John's with your, just your tits out and you get a giant fucking New York style pizza because you're going to eat it all yourself. You get halfway through the first slice and you pass out. I still remember there was And a f- you eat it cold the next morning. There was a photo of me. I'll see if I can find it. When we were on tour years ago, we got to San Francisco and we were talking a lot on social media about how we love food and all the nice restaurants we wanted to go to. But I was so tired. I got to San Francisco and I was so tired. You know, touring can be really hard. And this was when we were doing Edinburgh still and it was... and. Um, Sam Lingham, who used to tour with us, is, is a behind-the-scenes member of Auntie Donna, came into the hotel and I was just sitting because we used to share rooms and I was just sitting on my bed with like a... Were you drunk? No, 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 no. This was like, it was a travel day. I think I was, on, I was on vocal rest. Okay, yeah. So I wasn't speaking and I was just sitting on my bed in San Francisco, which has some of the best food in the world. I was just sitting on my bed with like a giant fucking Papa John's in front of me. <laughs> just like You have to find this photo. So depressed out of my mind. And he posted it with like hashtag Auntie Donna Eats, which is what we were trying to do at the time. And it was just like, it was one of my most shameful moments. And that is what Papa John's is. Papa yeah. John's is shame. Yeah. But it's also like a, a normal Papa John's, is so bready. It's just like oil bread and it's really like it's really like um like haphazard. It's just like it's just bread. Mm. And uh it's oil and it's bread and there's like a dipping sauce. You know the kind of dipping sauce that can be in with the warm pizza and it doesn't yeah. go foul. Yeah. And like the things they have to put in that yeah, oh, for a creamy sauce to not go bad. Yeah. It's that kind of vibe. They have oh they have garlic butter for you to dip the crusts in. Just butter. Garlicky butter, just like a butter sauce. Like it's like a sauce. Is it thick? Imagine like a marinara sauce, but it's melted garlic butter and that's what you dip your crust in. Oh, my God. That's what Papa John's is. It's fucked up and just too much cheese. And then, right, I look at this pizza and I go, oh, wow, it's doing everything that Papa John's does. But as you said it already, where's the structural integrity? Yeah. You can't do... The Papa John's gloop and the New York style stretch. No. 
because you, you it would you stretch it, right off. You put it so beautifully when you talked about I, I don't know if the exact language you used, but the idea of a, a lump of of hot cheese For, dropping off onto your chest wholesale, like it's become mm. a single unit of cheese yeah. and it slides off onto your chest or, or, or my tummy is how mm. it would play out for me. I, that's all I could see. Mm. And I thought, you know. That's what I saw in this commercial was I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to hold the pizza folded in one hand. I'm mm. going to have to try and fold it, hold my other hand over my breast mm. because I would much rather. Are hold- you tucking the napkin into your, into your collar? No. Oh. No, I'm a lady. Right. But I do put my hand on my tit when yeah. I eat instead. Yeah. No, that's all I could see. And, and I think what I had in that moment was something that um, – Something that I wish I, I knew younger in my earlier days, which is often a limited edition thing at a, at a, a fast food restaurant, with the exception of hot and spicy chicken at KFC, often it's not as good as what they do every That's day. right, yeah. You know, if you want a New York style pizza, mm-hmm. you get a New York style pizza. If you want Papa John's, you get Papa John's pizza. That's right. And I just saw in them, uh, you know, they wanted to go to New York style. They they got John Leguizamo in. They they let him play, but they couldn't get past the oil. They couldn't get past the too much cheese. And I and I, I and wept. for that, I weep. I wept. I wept for the person who brought the idea because I can imagine there was some early concepts. Mm. Where they were really like, we are going to change Papa John's. We're going to do something beautiful and new and New York style. And then, and John's not there anymore because mm. he's like full racist, I think. Not John Lake was armor. Yeah. The, the Papa John. Papa's racist. Oh, he's crazy. The actual Papa. Google the guy. Okay. He's not there anymore. Okay. But Google the CEO of Papa, the ex CEO of Papa John's. Okay. The guy's crazy. Okay. Well, you've got to be crazy. He's gone. Yeah. Right. But there's someone else there mm-hmm. and they've gone and it's just a numbers man because crazy Papa John is gone now. So there's no more passion and racism. It's just a numbers man. And he goes, oh, yeah, I love the idea of a New York pizza. And the guy's like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. Or girl, this is going to happen. I'm going to f- change the face of Papa John's. And then step by step, the numbers man was like, oh, make sure it's oily. Mm. I'll make sure there's lots of cheese. Step by step by step, we got something that was neither Papa John's nor New York style pizza. And I think that's the great tragedy of yeah, this ad for me. I would say so. But also this is coming from two people at one o'clock in the afternoon, sober, 2am, drunk, 21. I want it. Do you want that? But Or do you just want Papa John's? I think I just want Papa John's, man. That's what I'm saying, man. I get it, man. Um, any final, final thoughts? thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I want, I, I do want a nice pizza now. Yeah. I'm going out for dinner tonight actually for my birthday with some girlfriends. Happy birthday for the other day, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going out for dinner with some girlfriends, but it's to a Spanish restaurant and all I want now is pizza. What, what about you? I final do? thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I, uh, I've eaten, I've been eating too much pizza. Okay. So I'm, I'm, uh, trying to eat less pizza. More rice. Yeah. I love rice. You know what I'm saying? What's your Leguistamo rating? What did I give the last one? I don't remember. I'm going to give this four Leguistamos. Okay. Four and a half Leguistamos. Oh, wow. They really let him shine. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Four Leguistamos. Beautiful. Okay. That's enough. Um, Next week, we're back with a banger. 
which is the show we've been looking forward to for so long now. No, no, next week. No, next week. It's The Power, where The Power is on, baby. Please make sure you do watch it if you want to before the episode. I'll maybe try and post it on Instagram. I'm pretty bad at that. And things are stressful uh, with my comedy festival show, which you should also come and see. Um, if you're yeah, in promote your comedy. I'll promote my show. I've got, I got, I got to promote my one as well. So. Um, if you're in Melbourne, come and see Butterfingers, my Melbourne International Comedy Festival show. It opens on April 10th at 9:30 at Campari House, and it runs for 14 days straight. Uh, please book your tickets. Uh, link is in the bio of my Instagram. If you're in Sydney, you can come along to my Sydney Comedy Festival show. It's only for three nights. It's at Factory Theatre, and I'll be doing Soy Fat White, which was my Best Newcomer nominee show. A show I'd love to do that was directed by my dear and hairy friend, Zachary Thomas Ruane. So if you could come to either of those, it would be much appreciated. Oh, Mish, that's very kind of you to say that I'm hairy. No, you're right. You are, though, but in like a lush way. Do you know what's crazy? People don't know this about me, but Mm -hmm. um, my hairy chest is not a full hairy chest. It is the exact diamond shape of where I unbutton my shirts. I know. I can't unbutton it one more because then you'll see that it's all a lie. Um, all right. I've got two things I want to promote, uh, if that's okay with you, Mish. Absolutely. Um, I, this is a new thing. It's brand new. I'm doing 14 shows at the comedy festival at what time was your show? 9.30. Mine's at 9.20. <laughs> You're a dog. Um, <laughs> you are a dog. <laughs> I'm doing 14 shows starting on the 10th. Um, every show is different. So you want to come to every night and then on, and then I'm going to Sydney and doing shows at the same time as Mish's Sydney shows as well. That's a joke. Um, no, I'm doing one, one night I will be competing with you. Okay. One night, which is my Lido screening and I'm doing something a little bit different this time. (gasps) What are you doing? It's a movie called Road Games. Yeah, um, which I think I've talked about before. You have. I sent you a message about that the other day. By the way. Oh, I, and I need to get. I. I think. I. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, I will respond to that message if you're listening. The person who sent that message, I will hopefully have responded to you by the time you hear this. Mm. Um, someone with a link to the film. Yeah, a very beautiful link to the film. Um, but no, it, Road Games is. I've done movies I've liked. We've done movies we've liked when we've done them. I've done movies I've liked, but this is really the first one where I'm like, this is a movie I really, really like. There's yeah. nothing to laugh at here. It's just a great underappreciated film. Yeah. So I'm trying that out. No idea if anyone's going to come. So this is a real like plea for people to come. Mm. If if you haven't been or if you've been before, this is a really great film and po- probably one of the few opportunities you'll get to watch it on the big screen. So. Very cool. Yeah. Go to that, but then come to my show uh, the, the other days. The night, the, all the other days. Mm. Anything else? Do you have a special prize for anyone that comes to every single show? That you, would never happen. Yeah, and no, I don't think you'd want to encourage that behaviour. If someone came to all 14 shows, mm-hmm. if someone comes to all 14 shows, I will, we will do Sexy Luigi Jumpers. I actually just want to do that anyway. Though. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it on that. I think we should do those jumpers. Yeah, I think that's really fun. Uh, th- thank you for pitching it. But yes. if it evolves, you know, in, the, in between now and then, know that there was reasons for that. Mm. Mish, thank you so much. This is a weird podcast. Yeah, this one was we a went, fucking odd one. We went deep, but I think it was fun. Same. Uh, do let us know if you didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, why? We'll we'll adjust our behaviour. Yeah, cool. 
All right. Um, <laughs> no, we won't. I won't. Don't, I wouldn't. Don't. This is for us. Tom, um, I would like you to send us off with some yummy uh, Italian pizzeria music. <laughs> But can you also, uh, over the top of that music, give us your... Because Tom Armstrong, fun fact, loves Papa John's. Does he? Loves. When he sent me our most recent episode on the knots, on those um, Papa Bites, he wrote in the email, it was just one sentence and it was like, and it just said, don't listen to Zach because I love Papa John's. Did I say I didn't like Papa John's? You said you weren't a big fan. Oh, well, I was lying. Oh. Because I... I, Oh, you said, you said, no, what did... Maybe he didn't say don't listen to Zach. He just no, said no, that he really I did, liked I did Papa John's. besmirch Papa John's, but I, I feel like if I'm fully contradicting myself if I say I've said it's never a good time in my life when I'm eating Papa John's. Okay, he said don't listen to Zach. Papa John's is legit yum, yum as. Oh, it is legit yum as. Okay, yeah. But I think I've gone into more detail as the kind I understand. of yum as it is. I understand. Yeah. Um, Tom, can you, over the top of that yummy Italian pizzeria music, give us your ideal... Papa John's order. Oh, fantastic. Um, And thank you so much for listening to everybody out there. I can't wait to talk about the power with you next week. And you know what? We love you. Hi. um, Can I please grab one uh, of the works? Uh, Extra large, please. Um, Can I get that with the cheese stuffed crust and a ranch dressing, please? And then if you don't mind, I'd love to get some cheese sticks and some chicken poppers. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Can I get one of the large cookies? Which is sort of like a cookie pizza. And of course, a two litre Pepsi. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.